Welcome to First Do No Harm with Massachusetts Citizens for Life board member and physician, Dr. Mark Rollo. This broadcast will focus on medical ethics from a Catholic perspective and address abortion, physician-assisted suicide, contraception, natural family planning, IVF, healthcare proxy, and other topics. Please be advised that this show may not be appropriate for children under 13. Hello and welcome back to First Do No Harm, a show about medical ethics from a Catholic perspective. I'm Dr. Mark Rollo. Last time, Dr. Joseph Zalat, ethicist at the National Catholic Bioethics Center, discussed the remaining three steps of the ludicrous four-step gender-affirming care model, where the clinician essentially agrees with and affirms the patient's delusion that he or she is the wrong sex. The clinician then administers puberty-blocking drugs, followed by cross-sex hormones, followed by so-called gender-affirming surgery. Formerly, it was called gender reassignment surgery until that term was no longer woke enough, although it was more politically correct than the previous term, sex change operation. Any attempt to try to get to the bottom of the patient's belief that he or she is the wrong sex is actually illegal in more than 20 states, including Massachusetts, as we discussed. This fact demonstrates the validity of the statement that the more absurd the belief, the more the coercive power of the state is needed. Here are some examples of the lunacy that passes for education right here in Massachusetts. As reported in the New Boston Post, Massachusetts state policy says that in public schools, students can change their name pronouns, and gender at school without any parental involvement or notification, including some middle school students. The New Boston Post also reports that the Hadley Public Schools teach ninth graders that there are an infinite number of genders. These include genderqueer, non-binary, bigender, genderfluid, agender, gender-neutral, third-gender, and pan-gender. A K-8 school library in Somerville, Massachusetts, features a book entitled Coming Out as Transgender, which is a guide for those interested in declaring themselves transgender. A Milton Elementary School librarian reads... LGBT books to first graders. Furthermore, Planned Parenthood is behind the sex ed programs being pushed in Massachusetts and elsewhere. These include curricula like Get Real and the three R's, standing for Rights, Respect, and Responsibility. Get Real is a middle school sex ed curriculum produced by Education, Training, and Research. ETR, and Planned Parenthood League of Massachusetts. It is targeted at children's in grades 6, 7, and 8. 
children are encouraged to think about and discuss sex and sexuality in a number of ways. Lessons include a lot of open discussion of a variety of sexual behaviors. Planned Parenthood is also a major prescriber of hormones to teenagers who say they are transgender. Today in part four of my interview with Dr. Joseph Zalat, we will discuss how the church's vision of sexuality is the only rational and workable vision to produce human flourishing. Before we continue, let us pray. For as stated by the U.S. Catholic bishops, only with prayer. Prayer that storms the heavens for justice and mercy. Prayer that cleanses our hearts and souls. Will the culture of death that surrounds us today be replaced with a culture of life? John chapter 10, verses 10 through 15, reads this way. A thief comes only to steal and slaughter and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. A good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. A hired man who is not a shepherd and whose sheep are not his own sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away, and the wolf catches and scatters them. This is because he works for pay and has no concern for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know mine, and mine know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I will lay down my life for the sheep. O God, help us to realize who profits from the blood shed by your children, and that it is your Son who shed his blood for us, so that your children might have life abundantly. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And now here's part four of my recent conversation with Dr. Joseph Zalat of the National Catholic Bioethics Center as we conclude our discussion regarding the absurdity and destructiveness of gender ideology and how the church guides us in the unchanging truth of what it means to be male and female. Well, I'm noticing that uh, we're kind of going uh, over an hour, and I'm appreciative of your generously giving the time. But why don't we put a bow on the whole thing and talk about the uh, Catholic Church's approach to all this, and how the heck can we interfere with the continuation of this uh, crazy ideology? Yeah, well, I think... Well, first of all, I could talk all day about this, Mark. I know you've got the, there's limits to the podcast and everything else, but, you know, how, how does the Catholic Church respond to this? Actually, there's good and there's bad. Take sort of kind of the, the bad first. Pope Francis has responded to this, so that's a good thing. The U.S. bishops have been kind of slow. 
in terms of their responses, and we're kind of pushing them to, to, to get them to speak out. Some dioceses are, are issuing statements that are very, very good, but we really need the, the bishops in the United States to stand up and say, this is problematic. And we've, we've got really good backing in the teachings of the Catholic Church. So, you know, Catholic anthropology, or our understanding of the human person, okay, we mentioned four things in the uh, chapters that you're talking about. Um, first, from the, you know, from the perspective of, of Catholic anthropology, well, we believe, we know, that humans are created male and female. God created us, in Genesis 1. God created us male and female um, from conception, and that our dignity is, is grounded in this. And science upholds this. You know, as we mentioned before, our, our sex is determined from conception. And the Catholic, Catholic anthropology upholds that very, very clearly. Secondly, we, we believe that we are a body-soul. Our body is not separate from our soul. We are a union. Now, would we die? Yes, our soul separates from our body, but then it's going to be re reunited, you know, in eternity. We're going to spend eternity either upstairs in heaven or downstairs somewhere else as a body-soul union. What gender ideology basically does is it tears that unity apart. Gender ideology says, essentially, I have a self and my self is separate from my body. And that's how the whole, that's how the, ide how, how the ideology works. And in fact, ca the Catholic uh, theological tradition has dealt with this, this heresy, you know, this duality, yeah. um, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. The early church dealt with this. But it's, you know, what gender ideology really is. It's kind of like what's old is new. You know, they've, the gender ideology is, without knowing it, it's, you know, dragged up essentially an old heresy and is trying yeah. to make a case for it. And, you know, you can't do it. Thirdly, from the Catholic perspective, the body's a gift, right? Our body, our life, is a gift from God. And as a result, we have a duty to care for our body, to use it in the way that, that God designed it to be used. And obviously that has to do, you know, the areas of sexuality, but, you know, also in terms of health and everything else. We can't just do with our body anything we want to do, which is what, you know, which is what the, well, which is what the sexual left basically says we can. Mm -hmm. um, no, we have to, you know, our bodies are a gift and we have to render, we will render an account of what we do with our bodies to God at our, you know, at our judgment. Um, and lastly, from the Catholic perspective, that uh, sexual difference is uh, willed by God. It's part of God's plan, and it, it realizes its its probably greatest fulfillment um, in marriage mm -hmm. um, and, and the power to procreate and bring children into the world. And because of this, and the catechism is, is very clear on this, um, we are called to accept our sexual identity as a fixed and unchanging element of ourselves. That's mm -hmm. directly from the catechism. And, and and there's a reason for it. It's for our own good. Uh, right. You know, gender, gender ideology just, you know, just jettisons all that and says, no, you can do whatever the heck you want, even though, <laughs> you know, we've talked about the problems with it. The entire ideology is, is, is simply, it's a rejection of body. That's what it comes down to. What what do you think is the uh, the end game for... Uh, the people who who push the uh, gender ideology. What what is their, you know, what what do you think their ultimate goal is? Is it just to create chaos so that they can, you know, kind of move in and and uh, take more power? Or what, what do you think their ultimate ultimate? It, it sounds so crazy and so destructive. What what is their ultimate goal here? Well, I, I don't know what their ultimate goal is. You know, other than to essentially tear down all. You know what we would consider traditional, and things are traditional because they've been around a while because they work. But you know they're trying to tear down any kind of traditional notions of family and, and morality and everything else. 
I would say, and I'm, I, I personally, from a Catholic perspective, you know, things are either good or they are evil. They either come from God or they come from the evil one, from mm-hmm. the devil. And I, I believe that people who, who uphold this ideology, people who promote this ideology, they believe what they're doing is something, they, they believe they're doing something good. But the fact of the matter is, I, I believe they are, they're being influenced by evil. You know, I do believe that there's a force for evil in the world, call it the devil, call it Lucifer, call it whatever you want. Um, but that force is in the world to destroy us and to, and to do everything it can to destroy us. And, you know, what are the foundations of society? Well, God, family, right? How do you, how do you get rid of all that? Well, you attack, you attack sexuality. You yeah. attack uh, the understanding of who we are as male and female, and in doing so, you attack the family and, and you bring down society. So I, I think there's, you know, that the, the things are, are are kind of operating on on a couple of different levels, and and that's what we're dealing with. I mean, it is, you know, it is spiritual warfare, and I and I think that uh, you know I don't want to scare people necessarily, but you know, there there's one of the things that the devil does does very well is convince people that he doesn't exist. And uses what appears to be good to bring about, well, to bring about destruction, you know, destruction of society, but more importantly, destruction of souls. And I, I see that in this, in this whole ideology. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, the, you, again, going back to the coercive power of the state, you know, it's, you look at just the, just the radical, just, just strident radical, imposition of this ideology and, and if you disagree with anything we're going to cancel you we're going to destroy yeah. you where is that coming from i mean it's not coming from a place that's good in the sense of seeking to uphold human fulfillment it's coming from somewhere else. yeah well and that's uh the, the real basic question that i ask you know you know wh- what you know where is all this coming from and your you know explanation that uh it ultimately it's coming from the uh evil one and and what they want to do is destroy especially destroy the family exactly well i um we could we could talk about this uh forever like you said but uh we don't have forever but uh, are there any final uh comments that you'd like to make before we wrap this up well i i guess you know as i said i've i've been pretty condemnatory of of the you know the the ideologues and those who are pushing this ideology again I, that it's aimed at them it's not talking about people who are you know the victims experiencing, right um, gender identity disorder and for those people there's help out there there's help available we at the NCBC we have um, you know we have resources that we can push uh, I don't say push people towards but um, to, to give them to refer people so if you know if any of the listeners if, if any of your listeners are experiencing this or they know family members or friends or uh, we have resources that we can you know help them with the good thing mark about all of this is I think people are starting to wake up yeah Thank you, Texas. <laughs> yeah, Texas. You know, there's there's a very large number of people who are detransitioning. I think I may, may have mentioned that earlier. It's a big movement, and mm-hmm. the people who are detransitioning, in other words, they're going back to their their biological sex, who they really are. And what they're saying is they're they're really they're actually repeating, or maybe I'm repeating them, the critiques of the medical professionals who push them along here. Yeah, uh, they're saying where where was any nobody ever asked me you know what's going on here so so these things are happening 
two other things really quickly. Yeah. One, I think you're going to, what we're going to see happening, uh, and I ask doctors this, um, I ask medical professionals this, people who are in the field, so to speak. I said, you know, when are the lawsuits coming? Mm-hmm. And they said, they're coming. Oh, good. The lawsuits <laughs> are coming. And if you think that the Catholic Church and, you know, the sex abuse scandal, those monies were big, and they were, we're talking billions of dollars. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking healthcare, very wealthy healthcare systems, doctors uh, who have money, who have resources, that the lawsuits are coming and the damages are going to be astronomical. Yeah. I, and would, I think that's I maybe think the, so. the only thing that's going to put an end to this ideology, to be honest with you. Yeah. And then lastly, it is just pray. Pray, pray, pray. Pray for our culture. Pray for our leaders. We have an administration right now and, and at least one party in Congress who is all in on gender ideology. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it is just frightening what yeah. they're doing and what they're trying to get across to us. But pray for our leaders. Pray for those who experience gender identity disorder. Pray for family members of those who experience this disorder. And pray for courage for yourselves and speak out. Um, yeah. We got to you know, pray for our country. I, I, absolutely. I never, uh, I never felt that we were in so much danger of, of losing, losing our country. We are. I, I agree with you, Mark. We we are, um, and I don't know where it's going to go. So lots of things to uh, pray for, <laughs> <laughs> but be strong. Yeah, be strong. You're gonna, you know, it's the, the one thing that the gender ideologues do not want is for people to actually know what's going on. Yeah, to, to start asking questions, to start challenging. Them. That's why they try to shut you up. That's mm-hmm. why you know you're silenced. You're you're this that. You're mm-hmm. thrown off Twitter. You're thrown off YouTube. Yeah. You're thrown off all this other stuff. Because they know they don't have answers. They're going to attack you. It's going to be ad hominem attacks. But the reason they do that is they know they don't have answers. When you when you present the basic fact, basic biology, mm-hmm. like basic logic, the whole thing makes no sense. And they know it. Yep. They know it. And so they have to fight tooth and nail and use the state, use the coercive powers of the state to oppose their ideology. Yeah. Well, thank you for, so much, Joe, for uh, for spending the time and uh, shedding so much light onto this and for speaking the truth. So I really uh, appreciate it. No problem. Hey, God bless, Mark. Yeah, thank you, Joe. You too. This concludes my recent interview with Dr. Joseph Zalat of the National Catholic Bioethics Center. Learn more about transgenderism from the National Catholic Bioethics Center website, ncbcenter.com. A great deal of information regarding many aspects of bioethics can be found on ncbcenter.org, including a podcast from Dr. Zalat who covers many issues in bioethics, including gender ideology, which can be found on podcasts 63 through 66 at ncbcenter.org. Transgenderism is only the latest example of two heresies that the Catholic Church has been defeating for almost two millennia. Dualism and Gnosticism. Gnosticism means a certain kind of secret wisdom. Michael J. Knowles Yale graduate, author, actor, contributor to the Daily Wire, 
an American conservative news website, and a Catholic, wrote an article in The American Mind, The Secret Wisdom of Transgenderism. Old errors shed new light on eternal truth. Here are some excerpts from his article. Men are not women, and women are not men. There can be no disagreement between one's sex and one's gender, a term that referred almost exclusively to grammatical categories rather than people, until a 20th century sexologist redefined it to draw a distinction without a difference. No one is genderqueer, pangender, two-spirit, or any of the other 50-some-odd fictional identity categories promoted by gender activists. Transgenderism is not true. But what does it mean? What does it mean that although just 0.014% of men and 0.003% of women suffer from gender dysphoria, a recent survey conducted by Harris Poll found that a full 12% of millennials identify as either transgender or gender nonconforming. What does it mean that last year a Virginia school board voted unanimously to fire a teacher for refusing to refer to his female student as a man? It means that after a century or more of shallow secularism, even devout scientific materialists intuit the existence of metaphysical reality. The transgender movement recognizes that we are not merely our bodies. Everyone feels some discomfort in his body as a purely physical matter. Fat men wish to be thin, and bald men want hair. On the spiritual side, to paraphrase the Apostle Paul, we do not understand our own actions, for we do not want to do what we want, but we do the very things we hate. To quote his master, the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. The transgender movement understands the feeling of discord between who we actually are and who we are meant to be. Unfortunately, gender ideologues follow these right intuitions to wrong conclusions. We are not merely our bodies. But transgender activists would have us believe that our bodies have nothing at all to do with who we really are. Nothing about the transgender denial of physical reality is new. And we already have language for it. Gnostic dualism. Continues Michael Knowles, This ancient heresy has taken many forms over the millennia, from Manichaeism in the 3rd century to Albigensianism in the 12th. The details have differed, but the main thrust has remained the same. A denial of the physical world, created by an evil god, in favor of the spirit, which constitutes our true selves and ultimate reality. Through this lens, the body transforms from an aspect of ourselves into a 
prison of pollution from which we must escape. The church, and through her our whole civilization, has long condemned this view as heresy, recognizing man instead as a unity of body and soul. Transgenderism presents a paradox. The body has no bearing on the self. Matter does not matter. Nevertheless, the body must undergo painful and expensive mutilations to more closely resemble the imagined metaphysical self. Continues Michael Knowles, By discarding the faith of their ancestors as fanciful, gender ideologues leave themselves prey to every dippy religious whim the church ever routed, insisting upon their secret knowledge with Pelagian confidence to a scientific culture that denies the immaterial. It cannot survive scientific, philosophical, or religious scrutiny. Still, the ideologues' intuitions convey a certain secret wisdom in an atheistic age, namely that man is fundamentally a religious being, and as Cardinal Henry Edward Manning observed, all human conflict is ultimately theological. Concludes Michael Knowles, Leftists have long fallen for false religion, from communism to environmental eschatology. Perhaps the present crisis of identity will remind a confused culture of the God that made it, called I Am, the source and summit of all identity. With simple clarity... The Catechism of the Catholic Church says this in paragraph 2334. In creating men, male and female, God gives man and woman an equal personal dignity. Man is a person, man and woman equally so, since both were created in the image and likeness of the personal God. Until next time, remember, we should always treat life with care and respect. And at the very least, we should first do no harm. First do no harm with Dr. Mark Rollo is produced at WQPH 89.3 FM, Shirley Richburg. We are very happy to share it with other networks. Thank you for tuning in to First Do No Harm. Dr. Rollo welcomes your questions and comments. You may contact him at markrollo978 at gmail.com. That's M-A-R-K-R-O-L-L-O 978 at gmail.com. Thank you, and until next week, remember, first do no harm.